Look, if you were here last week, we were in Nehemiah. And, uh, well, today's sermon is going to be on thankfulness, right? It's unmerited mercy, unmerited grace, um, fitting for the holiday we just had. But what I really want to do is unpack the why behind our thankfulness. So we're going to be in the book of Psalms. But before we do that, Pastor Mitch said something last week in the book of Nehemiah that just stuck with me all week. So I want to go ahead and revisit that real quick. So it's Nehemiah verse 8 and sorry, Nehemiah 8 verse 9 through 10. And this is when Ezra is reading a law to, uh, to Jerusalem. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra, the priest and the scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those who, whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that's what stuck with me right there. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And we just sang a couple songs and, and we didn't, we didn't actually coordinate this. I don't know, but the, you know, unspeakable joy, you know, that just resonates with me and what Mitch said about, I mean, Jerusalem, gosh, they should have been destroyed because of their sin. Right? They should have been destroyed because of their sin. But in spite of their sin, God, because of his unmerited mercy, told them to go their way, eat the fat, drink the sweet. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hmm. With that in mind, with that as a context, we will move into Psalms 118, okay? So keep that in mind, and then we're going to move into Psalms 18. Sorry, 118. I'll give you a chance to turn in there. Middle of the book, if you open up your Bible, you'll probably be right there. Okay, so Psalms 118 says this. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. We can stop right there, to be honest with you. I mean, just go and do that. Really, I mean, we literally could end the sermon. This is not going to be a long sermon. His mercy is, endures forever. That's the why. If you were here earlier, um, Shelley read from Psalms 95, 6, and she talked about, you know, the how. You know, how we should be thankful. And, and, and a lot of people know what you do. I heard a, a TED talk by Simon Sinek once, and he talked about a lot of people know what they do, right? That's like the, and he had the, like these circles. He's like, everybody knows what they do. Like, I go to work, and, and that's what I do. I go to work. And then he said, well, most people know how they do it. Yeah, I go to work, and this is how I do the work, right? But a lot of people don't know the why behind they do something. And I want us to really understand the why behind this, the psalmist, why 
he gives thanks to the Lord. Why is that so important to him? I'll admit that it's hard for me to even comprehend this. When he says, for his mercy endures forever. How can we even comprehend forever? Right? I mean, I can comprehend maybe 400 years, you know, if I was a vampire or something. I don't know. These these movies. But forever? Like, that is hard to... There's no metric for that. I'm going to keep reading. Verse 2. Let Israel now say, that's us, his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, that's us. Because we are grafted in, right? We are grafted into the body of Christ. So we are Israel. His mercy endures forever. Verse 4. Let those who fear the Lord now say, his mercy endures forever. I hope that's us. Right? I mean, the wisest man in the Bible, King Solomon, said that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Right? So, wisdom being skillful living, right? The wisest man says, this is important. So let those who fear the Lord say, His mercy endures forever. Mm. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me, sit me in a broad place. I can attest to that. How many of us have been in distress and the Lord has answered? I bet you every single one of us has. Want to know how I know that? Because you're also here right now, breathing and living, listening to this guy up here, speaking, reading from Psalms. That's how I know. For 40 years of my life, I'm still here. There's been times where it's been distressed, times where I've been under pressure, times where I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, Lord. But yet, verse 6, the Lord is on my side, always been by my side. I will not fear. My fear doesn't stand a chance. Right? We just sing that song. Do we believe what we're saying? When I stand in your love. Verse 6, what can a man, what can man do to me? Verse 7, the Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. His desire, not vengeance, but divine justice. Because the world is broken. What was happening at this time? There was brokenness. Verse 8, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in a man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in the government, the GOP, the Democrats, our leaders. It's not saying not to trust anybody. It's not what it's saying. It's saying it's better to trust in the Lord. The psalmist has a a thankfulness and a high view of God. His heart jumps for joy. Usually when, I'll put put myself under the bus. 
Usually when I jump for joy, it's tangible things, right? A new car or jewelry or a promotion or a financial gain or, you know. But do we get excited about his goodness and mercy? It's Christmas time almost, right? I remember my 10th Christmas. All I wanted was Super Mario Brothers 3. That's all I asked for. Amen to that. Yes. It was a big deal in 1990. It was a big deal. I mean, they even made a movie about it, right? I don't know if you guys remember the movie. It was, it's, it was uh, Fred Savage was in it. The dude from uh, Wonder Years. Yeah. It was huge. It was a big movie. I wanted that game so bad that I had dreams the night before about playing it. I even envisioned how I would be so thankful and grateful when I opened it. Because that's the only thing that was on my, my list. I'll set the scene for you. It was me, a tree, and a plethora of gifts. Just all over. And as I opened each gift. Socks. T-shirt. Pajamas. Um, I started to get kind of worried. Started to get kind of worried. Open up all the gifts, and actually, there was one gift that I saw that was in the shape of the game. So I thought that was it. I was super excited. I'm like, this is it. I saw it two days before. I was like, that's it right there. I opened it. It was a game, but it was millipede. And it was used. And my aunt gave it to me. And I said, why would you give me a game, Millipede, from 1983? I don't want this game. What is this? Come to find out, it was her and my mom's favorite game. And that's why they got it. And they wanted to play it. So my mom proceeded to ask me. She says, Jerome, did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? I remember this like it was yesterday. It was 30 years ago. And I looked at her, I was like, yeah, it's been, yeah, mother, it's been great. I think I called her mother that one time. Yeah, mother. <laughs> it's, it's, it was great. And deep down, I was like, man, this is messed up. I asked for one thing, Super Mario Brothers 3. I didn't get it. I got socks, and I, I know, Lord, I know I should be thankful and grateful for all these socks. And I know there's people out there that don't have socks and T-shirts and stuff. Let them have the stuff that I have. That's how I felt. But inside, that's how I felt inside. But, but then, something miraculous happened. And I think they got this from the Christmas story. I think you know where I'm going with this, with Ralph. Yeah. They said, well, there's one more, I think there's one more gift right behind, right over there. And I looked, and it was a big box. So I'm like, this ain't it. The game is this small. The box is like this big. I'm like, man, this is... I proceeded to open. And as I'm opening it, I'm pulling out newspaper. More newspaper. More newspaper. And I'm starting to get kind of excited because every time I pull out a newspaper, it's the possibility that it might be... It's getting smaller and smaller. It might be the game. As I pulled out the newspaper, I pulled it out, pulled it out. <gasps> Everything was right in the world. I could have died at that moment and been happy with my life. 
Well, maybe the next day after I played it, but I was, I was, yeah, I had to play it first. My point is this. Do we get excited like that about God's mercy? Because it lasts forever. The psalmist gets it. My friend and partner, Pastor Zach, in his book, Now I See, he talks about, you know, that he, he got it. But he didn't have it. You know, like he gets it. And I think sometimes we, like we get it intellectually, but we don't, we don't have it. Right? But I hope we're starting to grasp it. Why did the psalmist write his mercy endures forever? You know what? I'm going to turn to 136. I want to point something out to you. Psalms 136. You can turn there with me. You ain't got to put it up on there. I just want to read it to you. Just to emphasize my point here. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read the first nine verses. Psalms 136. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Sounds familiar. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods. For his mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. Why did this? And then the psalmist goes on, for this is 26 verses. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can read it when you have time. But why does the psalmist write his mercy rules forever in every single verse? Do you run our lyrics? I don't think so. When you're writing, I think sitting down to write. See, in our culture, we move so fast. Everything is now, now, now. 5G. iPhone 50. You know, it's, it's, it's everything we need right now. I think the psalmist slowed down and just sat in a quiet place and just thought, why? Why do I give thanks to God? Hmm. And then he went over and I think this just poured out of his heart. And he wrote it down because he wanted us to get it. See, punctuation wasn't invented until the 16th, 16th century, I think. So, in ancient Greek, right, this is an emphatic word order. Right, so when they wanted to put emphasis on something, they repeated it. Right? So, Jesus, when you hear Jesus repeat himself over and over again, it's like, um, I should probably pay attention to this. Because he's repeating himself. And you will notice, not just in Psalms 136 and in Psalms 118 and Psalms 
all over the Psalms, it talks about his mercy endures forever. And I know a lot of the Psalms are written by David, but not all of them are written by David. And in all the psalmists are pointing to give thanks to the Lord. By the way, just number one, that's the first thing. When he, that's how he starts off. Give thanks to the Lord. For his mercy is good. Sorry, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. That's number one, most important, above everything else that I'm about to lay out. See, nowadays we'll use highlighters and punctuation and quotations and, you know, bold. They didn't have that back then. So as I was thinking about this sermon um, and just coming off the heels of Thanksgiving, I was I was sitting uh, sitting in my room and just meditating. You know, I just wanted to sit in silence. And I was thinking about Psalms 23. And Psalms 23 is one of my favorite psalms. And if you've grown up in the church, you probably know it by heart, I'm sure. A lot of you can quote it, top of your head. You can put that up there if you have it, Psalms 23. But I thought it'd be a good exercise to think about Psalms 136 and Psalms 123. And this is what came out. And it magnified his grace and his mercy for me. So it starts off. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why? Because his mercy endures forever. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. If I'm a sheep, it's the best. I want green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Still waters. Nothing in there, no alligators coming to attack me or the waters are still. Perfect. Why? I don't deserve this. Because of his mercy and it endures forever. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Unmerited mercy, unmerited grace. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for he is with me. His mercy endures forever. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What? Why? Why would he do that? Pause for a second. I think about Psalms 8. When the psalmist is thinking about the stars and when he's contemplating just the universe. And he says, what is man that, that you're mindful of him? What are you, what, what, not only are you mindful of us, but you're preparing a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You're anointing my head with oil. My cup runs over. Like I can't measure the blessing that's coming upon me, but it's just overflowing. Why do you think Jerusalem and Nehemiah were weeping? They knew they didn't deserve this. They were cut deep. And I said, no, this day is unto the Lord. Be joyful. 
eat, eat today, drink. Give praises to God, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's your strength, not mourning, the joy. Think about the joy. Don't focus on what happened. And I'm not trying to make grace cheap. That's not what I'm trying to do. Mm-mm. No, I'm not making grace cheap. Because they knew that God punishes those that don't listen. But those that listen, hear, and obey are blessed. And what happens? Verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I swear I didn't plan this with the music, but weren't we just singing that the mercy, it, it, it run, your goodness is running after me. Is that, is that how it goes? Your goodness is running after it. How? Surely goodness and mercy are running after me. They're following me all the days of my life because it's mercy endures forever and it's abundant for each and every one of us. And then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's beautiful when I sat with that. And tears started streaming down my, my face because I was like, I can't comprehend forever. But I know that he has enough in the tank to give to everyone who believes in him. Everyone who believes that he died on the cross, rose the third day, and puts faith in him. And confesses that is grafted into the body. Why does he have such a high view? And I'll end with this. Let's turn to Titus. I'm getting to the crux of it right here. Titus 3, 5 through 7. Now, this is beautiful. I want you to hear this. So, still on the screen? Titus 3, 5. Okay. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. No. But according to his mercy, he saved us. If you have a Bible, highlight that. According to his mercy, he saved us. Through the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior go ahead and highlight abundantly when believers are saved Christ's Spirit blesses them beyond measure right we just said that in, in, in Psalms can't measure it That having been justified by grace, here it is, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That we should become heirs. That we are sons and daughters of the Most High King. I think sometimes we just need to sit with that. Heirs to the throne. Because of nothing we did, because of his unmerited mercy and his unmerited grace. I don't know about you, but I remember being a kid and you know another kid is like, man, well, my dad's tough and your dad. I'm like, no, man, my dad's tough and your dad. My dad take your dad. No, my dad take your dad right now. I, is that right? You guys ever do that? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But we have the, no one can top our daddy. No one can top our father. 
right? We can literally say, yeah, well, my God is the God of gods. He's the Lord of lords. He's the one. So know who you are. Just know who you are. You're a child of God, right? You have Christ in you. There's power there. Know who you are, know whose you are, and who you belong to. And go in peace and be thankful for that. Amen? Amen. Amen.